It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry. Hello everyone and welcome to your BIHA pod special. I'm joined uh, by Louise Adams and Natalie Ulrich. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, Louise, yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are doing, you? Doing very well. Um, it's been sunny here in Scotland for about four days, so... Uh, that's our summer officially coming to an end already. Uh, and uh, Natalie, how, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I think uh, you've given us all the rain then. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it will, it will, we will get it. It, it does happen here. Um, so, uh, guys, obviously both of you have had sort of international careers and, and uh, Natalie, I think you're coaching now. Um, but first and foremost, um, how, how did you how did you get involved in hockey, Natalie? Um, so I'm from Basingstoke, so it was just my parents uh, took me and my brother down to Basingstoke Ice Rink. He did start off at hockey, so that kind of naturally put me into it at the age of five. Um, he soon stopped because he wasn't very good, but um, I just carried on, spent my junior career there, moved abroad when I was 17, yeah, and, and then after I came back from living abroad, I decided that I wanted to focus more on coaching, and that's kind of where I've been at mainly for the last 10 years now. Excellent, and I like the way that we're not five minutes into the podcast and you've already buried a family member. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, he was more of one of those ones that liked to be in the middle and do, like, disco skating. All right, fair enough. One of, one of, one of those... Uh, yeah, I remember the disco sessions from when I was I was younger. Um, Louise, uh, how did how did you get involved in ice hockey? Uh, yeah, so similar to Nats, I lived quite local to Guildford Ice Rink, so went along as a family for a skating session, and I saw a load of people in hockey gear, and I just thought they look really cool in that. So I decided to start playing, and then it kind of grew from there. Went through the Guildford Juniors, did a few spells at Rattle and Slough, and then off to Canada, came back for a bit, and then off to Sweden. And you're in goal for a bit. Oh, yeah, I can't forget my uh, four-year career as a goalie. I was going to ask about that, because when I was when I was looking you up in Elite Prospects to see what team you played for in the last season, um, it came up Louise Adams, 1995 forward, and Louise Adams, 1995 goalie. So, uh, when did you play as a goalie? <laughs> so, I would have started, I believe I was in under under 10s. I think I was about 6 or 7 when I went in goal. And then I came out of goal, yeah, around 11 or 12. And then, but I played as a player at roller hockey the whole time. So, the switch over to player wasn't too, too much of a shock. And did you find that playing as a goalie helped your skating or did it, did it, do you think it made it worse? Um, 
I mean, when I first started, I did figure skating, speed skating, um, ice hockey and roller hockey all at the same time. So I think that probably gave me more of a solid base than playing in goal. Quality, quality. And um, you both mentioned there being abroad. Um, Natalie, I saw you played a bit in Canada. I think I'm getting this right. Is it Markham Stolville? Stars, I probably pronounced that wrong, was the first team in 2007. That's probably horrific, <laughs> my pronunciation. Um, but no, how, how did you get, get on across there and, and how did it come about you went across there? Yeah, there was. I just got um, basically asked to go to a prep school over there. It was an up-and-coming one. Um, they were mainly for lacrosse and hockey, but they did do a big push on hockey at that time. Um so I went there, but also played for like um, the AAA teams over there as well. And I loved it. Um, where I lived was amazing. I always think I want to move back there. And then I did go to a D3 school in America for a year. But to be honest, at that point, I just wanted to come home. Um, I was there studying, but I wasn't quite sure what I was studying for and yeah I just decided to move home and get a real job basically good, good stuff and it sounds like it was quite a good experience and obviously I think they've got a, a slightly better setup in Canada perhaps than we do um so that, that yeah I, I loved it and obviously when you move away at that age without your family you learn so much um, you grow up quicker um, so it teaches you so much and we've got um, amazing friends for life from there and like I said I, I always want to go back and visit and I still do um, every now and again so but the level of coaching the attention to detail there's just rinks all over the place like what we have with like the amount of coffee shops here there's just rinks everywhere there <laughs> yeah they only need 10 Hortons over there then they're, they're sorted they don't need five, yeah. five billion different chains <laughs> Um, and uh, and Louise, you you had a little stint uh, uh, abroad as well. Uh, you, I think you mentioned Canada there, and I know you played for uh, is it Gothenburg as well. Um, so how how did you get in, in, involved in in those uh, those teams? Uh, yeah, so when I was in Canada, I was playing for an academy that got recently started up. It's called Scanlon Creek, and I think I went in its second year. So I got scouted for that. They asked me if I could go over on a partial scholarship um my experience there wasn't as positive as Nats's so we had a lot of coaches quit halfway through the year so we had new ones come in and then there was a disagreement with our boarding school that we were staying with and we got kicked out and had to move into our coaches houses so like there was a lot of drama that year um at the end of that year I got offered a division one scholarship to go play at Minnesota State but I think that that experience, plus my love-hate relationship with hockey, I just decided to come back home and study at Essex University in England. Um, and then I thought I'd give it another go of playing hockey every day uh, in Sweden. And it was so much fun. I'd go back in in a heartbeat if I didn't have to grow up and live an adult life and actually work on getting to a career. So... <laughs> it was much better over there yeah well I, I think my experience of, of you in hockey is a bit love hate I, I loved watching you play but um, hated when you played against the Steel Queens uh, after after <laughs> Beth's tournament um, but uh, yeah so that that is 
it really interesting. Do you, do you think, would you recommend for someone, you know, 17, 18, to maybe go and give give that a go, uh, like going abroad and, and giving hockey a try if they want to sort of make a real go of it? It's really tricky. I think as long as they're going and they make sure they get a good education from it where they will get a job from it at the end, yes, I recommend it. But you've, it's a great experience and you're going to get a lot from it. But you've always got to remember at the end of the day, you do have, you will potentially have to come back and what will you come back to? And that was my biggest thing. I didn't want to come back at the age of 25 and have to start over trying to be an adult so that's why I came back in like around 2021 because I, I thought that was my best option but there is that I understand why players want to do it you're on the ice every day you're working out you're playing with people all the same ability so I wouldn't say no but I just think think through your decisions all areas Cool, cool. And, uh, and Louise, what, what about you? What, what words of, of wisdom would you give to, to anyone? Would you add anything to what, what Natalie said? Uh, yeah, I think I agree completely. Um, for me, I had to, when I was even considering doing a degree in America, I had to even look into whether it would transfer back to the UK because I knew that I would come back to the UK whether I did it or not. And they are, you can complete a four-year degree there and it can you can come home and it means nothing. So there's even that element of things. And unfortunately, in women's hockey, you're never going to have a career. There's very, very few places where you're going to get that. And it can be what brings the money in for you. So it's always important to consider, you know, what's going to bring the money in. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I mean, there's, I suppose there's no professional set up in the UK. So, I mean, you, you guys will know better than me. What, what, professional opportunities were there for you when you were when you were playing now obviously a scholarship is it's not really a professional opportunity it's a chance to get a degree um and play hockey but what, what is there any professional opportunities and if so how difficult are they to get involved in um so in sweden i would say that's probably the closest you can get to professional in europe i mean the sdhl for some of the teams uh, pay their their players quite well but they're they're also supported by their the male teams so that's where they get their money from mainly um the other one is obviously the top women's league in america but that's also very hard to break into without having a kind of a, your foot in at d1 level prior to that okay okay um yeah uh it's just interesting to hear about the opportunities that that may or may not be available um, in, ter- in terms of that, you've both, um, as I say, you've both played international level. Um, you, you, Louise, you've played for both GBU and and the full GB team, and, and Natalie, you've played for the, the full GB team. What, what was the experience like sort of pulling on that jersey for the first time? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's amazing to get um, the call up. Um, I had Reg Wilcox as our head coach back then, and I was very fortunate that in our first year, we had an amazing year. We won gold and gained promo- promotion. We had a really good pre-Olympics the next year where we were competing against teams like Austria and Norway. Um, if you look now, who are way above us. But it was just such a fun experience. You travel so many different um, countries. And anytime you're away with the group of girls, it's, it's so much fun because there's so much banter. But 
um over time it gets it does get tiring because like you say when you have a full-time job you you having to drive back then it was it was more full-on you were up there every couple of weeks to Sheffield from midday till midnight um so that was one of my reasons for retiring from playing was I was trying to focus on um my coaching side and I just couldn't fit everything in as well as all the traveling up and down the country at that time cool cool and uh, and, and Louise uh yeah so I came in I think almost two weeks after my 16th birthday um and I think I was the only one called up to trials at that point um so I remember being very overwhelmed I had all these people that were a lot older than me um and people that I'd always looked up to as well in the women's game. Um, and then I'm, I fortunately got to go away to World Championships then. And we were competing against teams that, yeah, like Nat said, have gone a lot a lot further than us in recent years. So it was, it was nice to step straight into that competitiveness. Great, great. And um, I think, uh, unless I'm reading this wrong, you, you both in the sort of before the pandemic struck were playing in the Elite League for two different teams. Uh, uh, Natalie, you were with the, the Queen Bees, uh, formerly of Bracknell. Um, well, now I think they're playing out of Slough. Uh, and Louise, you were, you were playing for Guildford. Um, was there a bit of a rivalry between Guildford and Bracknell, or is it, is it pretty pretty amicable? Um, I mean, Bracknell always beat us. Um, <laughs> But that that's a gift that usually beat everyone. So I, mean, I don't think that I don't think there's too much rivalry between us. To be fair, it's, it's quite um, calm. <laughs> yeah, you always know it's going to be a good game. You always yeah. know it's going to be a nice game to play. Cool, cool. And, uh, and I think the the Queen Bees now are, have moved to Slough, uh, Natalie. I'm not sure if you're are you still involved in the coaching setup there. What's the what's the move been like? Um, yeah, obviously a lot of work went in the background of where do we relocate to? Will we still keep all of our players? Um, Slough have been really accommodating to us. So I think obviously without COVID, things would be going quite smoothly. But we've been back on the ice training now for probably eight weeks under our elite status. So that's good. And we've also partnered with the Ozone Rink as well to get the girls on the ice that a bit much more so things are looking up and hopefully we get a season going in august and september and get the women's league going cool cool and um just just well what we're talking about about slow you also had a couple of games as well i think you had one against whitley bay and and another one against someone who escapes me unfortunately but uh how were those games was it good to to get get going again yeah so the whitley bay uh, game was our Firebees team um, and that was a close game I think it went down to the last 20 odd seconds for the game winning goal I think both teams thoroughly enjoyed being back on the ice um, and then on the Sunday the Queen Bees played Streatham which Louise kindly guested for Streatham to play against us <laughs> <laughs> so that was a nice surprise for us all to see Louise there um, but again it was just all about having fun and just something for all the girls to do because obviously they see all the men's in their spring cups and a an elite um game so it's just nice to get them going and give them some game time as well great great i i, I sorry i hadn't picked up the different and differentiate between the fire bees and the, the queen bees there i'm still kind of getting to grips with all the different teams in the women's leagues at the moment 
And is the Farbies do they do they play in the Premier? Is that is that right? If I, right, right, yeah, okay. that's right. Um, and so Louise, how was it? How was it guesting for for Streatham um, in in that game against the against the Queen Bees? Uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I get along with quite quite a lot of the girls because um, I've been training with them since Guildford uh, haven't been able to get elite status um, because Spectrum, the rink we play out of, are being a bit difficult um, on the paperwork front. So, yeah, they were kind enough to offer me ice time when I wasn't getting any and offered for me to play the game. So it's just nice to be back on the ice and playing some hockey again. Oh, cool. and- Natalie sort of preempted what we were going to talk about at the end there with ozone, but just just before we get to that, since we're hockey's now sort of resuming, we're getting out this weird phase of being completely shut down. What what did you guys sort of get up to to amuse yourself during during lockdown? Uh, Louise, we'll ask you first this time, so there's not a massive pregnant pause. <laughs> God, I, I I can't even think about what I've done this lockdown. I, I feel like I went through that initial stage of, you know, what everyone did, where they go out and exercise lots and get really fit. And now I think I'm slumping into the, the later stage of lockdown where I just uh, sit and eat, to be honest. <laughs> and then the occasional hockey when it pops up. Fair, fair, fair enough. Um, I think I started the other way around and I've started to do more exercise since we're coming out of it. Um <laughs> uh, and and Natalie, uh, what did, what did you get up to when you during lockdown? Yeah, I was the same as Louise. I started working out constantly oh. at the start, and then I soon peaked and took took a nine nine month break since. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, I've I've got my dog, so I've been out with him loads. Um, lately been sorting out loads of hockey admin stuff so lately he's been quite busy on that front fair enough fair enough and what type of dog do you have we're always interested in people's dogs in the in the VIH. i have a, a black lab oh very nice a, <laughs> that was my my first dog was a black lab named buster and they're very they're very uh, oh. very affectionate beasts uh i don't know if yours is the same but mine's like to cuddle more than they like to walk and um, <laughs> Yeah, he loves to kiss everybody. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, um, the the other reason I got you got you guys on was to talk about um ozone, um, which I think is a, is it a new rink in Bracknell, or have I got that correct? Um, could you guys uh, just let us know what what ozone is, where it, where it is uh, as well? So it's um it's literally a couple minutes from Bracknell's old ice rink. It's basically um this elite training facility um it'll be the first one in the uk so it offers an ice pad which isn't full size so it's not gonna have any conflicts with like clubs and having um thinking that we're gonna still uh, players for our own team because we're not a club but basically you've got the on ice you've got elite coaches there you've got a glyce area for your stick handling and your shooting You've got the sense arena, um, which is for the goalies and the players as well as dry land. So it's a really good opportunity, basically, for players and goalies to get that extra ice time that they can't get at their own clubs to really push on their skill development and get those extra three-on-three games just to increase their game time. Well, um... Louise, I'll let you carry on. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it, it's mainly a facility that's going to fill the gap in this country where, you know, we have limited ice time. It's providing people with extra ice time, but it's also giving players that opportunity to work on areas of their game that, you know, you may not get to focus on in team practices because, you know, you have to think of the masses there rather than the individual. So if someone's falling behind on their shooting, it gives them that space where they can go and work on it in their own time. Um, and yeah, I think it's just working towards making that step in UK hockey to to bring the level up and make us compete on an international level. Cool, cool. And and how did you how did you get involved in it, Louise? Did, um, you know, how did you become a? I think you're a coach, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the part owners, I coached his son um, on stick handling and shooting. So he put my name forward um, to be considered and, yeah, just got contacted and asked if I would like to come on board and do some coaching there. And, you know, it's a great opportunity, so I jumped at it. Cool. And, and, and Nassau, how did, how did you get involved with that? Um, yeah, I had so Danny Myers, the, one of the owners, he, he just called me up and said, I'm doing this in the background I want you involved and I didn't have to even think about it I said absolutely and um, they're obviously committed to all hockey but he said he's he, he wants to put commitment to a women's hockey um, as well so I they're putting ice time aside for that so there's now the big push to make sure that girls jump at the opportunity to get on that ice more because like we only train once a week so now we can train twice a week for example like the junior clubs would that's great because that that is something there is a there is a, certainly where i am in the middle the middle of scotland there certainly is a, a lack of opportunity for for you know for women to go and play sort of women's hockey you either have to play rec or or leave when you get to about 18 which um it sounds like this is there's something that could maybe fill the gap and and provide opportunity now you said it wasn't a full-size pad so is it is it not sort of is it only suitable for three on three or could you play a full game on it or i'm just trying to get an idea of the size you definitely so I think it's, oh, you go nancy you go no you you go <laughs> <laughs> um so they, they i would say it's probably like a three on three rink it's almost like two zones of a rink without a neutral zone i would say all ah, right yeah maybe a bit that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, and you could maybe do like four on four with the younger kids. Cool, cool. And um, and I I think the I've looked up the website. It's ozonhockey.co.uk for anyone that's interested. And I think there's classes being available for booking now. Is that is that correct? Yep. So all the details are on. They have all their different sessions they're offering on there. Um, you click on it it gives you a price for if you want to do one session or if you book more then you obviously get a saving um if you don't want the actual skill development training sessions you can join a, a free on free league or dropping games um there's things like learn to play learn to skate so they're offering it all um so everybody has the opportunity to grow um and like we said, they have the off-ice area stuff as well, which is going to be key for people So if they want to hire that as well. And, and what sort of things does the, the off-ice area have um, for players? I mean, you mentioned Glyce, which I presume is some kind of 
ice made of sugar. That's what came into my head. But <laughs> what's the, what sort of things are in the, the off-ice um, off area? Um, so there's the glyce, which is basically artificial ice, and it gives you almost the benefit of being able to practice the skills on your skates, but it also adds a bit of resistance. So you're working your muscles a bit harder. Um, so it adds to that training a little bit. And then you've also got the Sense Arena, which is a virtual reality um, training aid. So you basically put the headset on and it can present you with different situations in a game. And you've got sensors on your stick, um, which vibrate to make it seem more realistic. Um, I've not tried it out yet, but it looks amazing. And then you've got a gym area, which will be coming soon. I think they're going to put that in a bit further down the line um, where you can have one on one coaching um, to do specific programs uh, with that as well. Cool, cool. And, uh, and Natalie, have you given the, the virtual reality a, a whirl? No, you know what? I haven't either. So this will be interesting to uh, to know. That's for sure. I know there's a couple of coaches that use it regularly so they'll be the experts on that one to start with yeah, cool, cool. i know it's becoming a big a big thing um virtual reality obviously across the pond they're, they're using it in, in hockey and i know that a lot of baseball players use it when they're coming back from injuries and things because then they're not having the risk of getting hit by a, a baseball when they're practicing getting back to batting and stuff so um it'll be exciting to see what how, how it all works for for hockey players uh, in in the uk it sounds like a great facility um, and something that you know, hopefully we get more of. I, I, I don't know if Ozone has any plans to to expand, but we'd be more than welcome up in Edinburgh if they if they they come up here. Um, uh, yeah. So um, if if someone was thinking about it and they're on the fence, and I, I'll um, what would you what would you say to them, Natalie? What would you say to tell them to to go to the Ozone? I would just say come and have a look, and you will be shocked because. I definitely was. I didn't expect it to be as big as it is, as how top quality everything is, just from like the the plexiglass is NHL style. It's it's, it's everything is really smart. They thought about it um, to make sure it's the best quality elite place that we have. Um, so if you're in if you're in the area, just go and have a look. And everybody's putting it on Instagram now or Facebook when they go and visit, so everybody can see. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for everyone. Cool. And and uh, Louise, you, you, yourself, what would you say to anyone that was uh, was thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, anyone that loves hockey is going to walk in there and, and be blown away. Like there's there's facilities that we've never seen before in the UK, and it's just this opportunity that's never been presented to us before. So I think really the the facility speaks for itself and anyone who sees it will want to go back for more. Cool, cool. And so we've, we've talked, is there, any, is there anything I've missed um, about Ozone? Because I, I did try and do a little bit of research, so I, I knew a little bit about it. Is there anything I should have I should have mentioned that I haven't or or anything you want to talk about? I don't think so. The whole idea behind it was there's a lack of ice time in the country and that's why they've done it because um, they generally do just care about trying to help as many people as possible. So, And I think that comes from the heart from them. You can tell when they speak to everybody that goes in. Um, so I'm really excited about it and um, 
I know they've got a great group of staff, which I'm looking forward to working with. But yeah, I think we've covered most of it. Cool, cool. Um, and it is, it's, I think it's nice in a way that it's, it's keeping some of the the roots of hockey in Bracknell, which was a which was a big hockey town. I mean, I remember the first incarnation of the racers. I'm I'm old enough, uh, and uh, and yeah, Bracknell was a you know was a, a force to be reckoned with back then. Um, and it, it, it's a bit of a shame that the, the big arena's uh, kind of gone now, but it's good that there's some there's something there. Is that is that the feeling in Bracknell, or people? Is there any hope for the for the Bracknell rink coming back? Do you think? We keep hoping that obviously somebody will go in and buy it, but I think that land's worth a lot of money, and the rink will need need a lot of work doing to it. So. Who knows what will happen to it? it obviously, it'd be great if they could get the the big arena back and get the fans back in for like the bees and stuff. Um, but who knows? Covid, Covid obviously hasn't helped things with people wanting to buy businesses. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to, just to move on a little bit. Um, we've talked a bit about your your hockey background. Is there? Any, uh, have you been watching, I don't know if you watch the NHL or anything, but who, who's sort of been your hockey heroes growing up? Because uh, it's always interesting to, to hear from everyone who they, who they sort of modelled their play on or, or learned from when they grew up. But um, Louise, have you got any hockey heroes that you, you want to want to share? Um, so for me, actually, I never really watch NHL. And this is going to sound awful, but I really find hockey quite boring to watch. Um <laughs> But um, but I don't know what it was, but I was always a bit obsessed with Martin St. Louis growing up, even though I never watched him play. I think it was more because I liked being him on um, NHL when I'd play on the Xbox. So I'd say him, but I think more so for me, it was people close to home because they're, they're the ones that I'd see at hockey. Um, so it was more like my coaches growing up. Um, so I had some great coaches that, that paved the way. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, uh, I kind of share your sentiment a little bit. I don't know whether it's because uh, I, I do a lot of sort of running about for hockey. That if I'm not involved in it, then going out my way to watch it's a bit more difficult. Um, Natalie, you got any? You got any hockey heroes that that inspired you when you were growing up? Um, when I was younger, I used to love Detroit Red Wings. So, and obviously they were really good back then. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's probably why I like them. But I used to love like Stevie Eisenman, um, Sergei Fedorov, and people like that. But yeah, I don't. I watch highlights, but I don't stay up and watch the games anymore. I I sometimes might watch a game. It's too late now. Um, but yeah, I'm the same as Louise. I have so many players that I like to play in with here, um, and again, good coaches here that obviously. I'm thankful for what they did done for me. Cool, yeah. Um, I think I think that's so important that actually, whilst we all love watching, well, we, there's players that we enjoy watching. It is really if your coaches aren't there for you at the start, then you'll lose interest pretty quickly. So, I think we've all got our coaches to thank for still still being in the game. And maybe years from now they'll be talking about Louise Adams and Natalie Ulrich, uh, some of, some of the youngins. Um, uh, just um, just lastly, I won't keep you too long, but um, I like to like to offer our guests all the all the chance to give a shout out to someone who may or may not have listened to the podcast anyway, 
um, and it's a good way because then you can blackmail me to get at least one ex uh, someone to get a, an extra listen. Um, so is there anyone uh, you want to give a shout out to, Louise? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't even think of anyone that I would give a shout out to. Nigel, I'm going to pass. You've got enough listers, Rambo. You don't. You don't need my no, help. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and you and you, Natalie. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? Are you are you going to are you going to be diplomatic as well? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as Louise here. <laughs> well, um, that's fair enough. And. We give a shout out to the usual listeners, Max Springer, uh, Sean Monkhouse, Eva Harrison and Nick, since he's not co-hosting with me tonight. Uh, they, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that gives a shout out, but uh, thanks to everyone who obviously listens all the time. Um, and I would like to thank you two for, for coming on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have uh, new and interesting guests and uh, two people that are well decorated in, in women's hockey and uh, know a lot more about it than me. Um, and are a lot more skillful than me. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having oh, us. Thank you.